We've traveled a long way in the book of Ruth. I think it's time we just stop for just a second and just recap everything that has gone on. Hello. (laughs) Elimelech and Naomi lived in Bethlehem. A famine fell on the land, so Elimelech decided to move his family to Moab. The family consisted of Elimelech and Naomi, husband and wife, plus their two sons, Malon and Selon. After settling in Moab, Elimelech dies. That's all we know. After they got there, he died. The two sons married Moabite wives. Chilion married Orpah. Malon married Ruth. The Bible says they stayed there for 10 years. And then her sons die. After that, Naomi hears that the Lord had visited his people. She was out in the field. And some of the workers in the field said, We heard that the Lord had visited your people in Israel. has given them food. Back in Bethlehem. So Naomi decides to move back to where she'd come from. She tells her daughter-in-laws to return to their families. The families of your mother. Just go back. And in sweet kindness, she prays for them. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. Meaning my two sons, you have dealt with the death of my two sons and with me. Lord, deal with you kindly. And the next phrase she uses is very important to chapter 3. It's found in chapter 1. It says, may the Lord grant you, grant that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Naomi is telling Orpah and Ruth to return to their mother's family and find new husbands. We go into the whole Leverite marriage thing. You know, Pastor Scott told us about that if your husband dies, your, the husband's brother is supposed to take care of the wife, marry the wife, and have children with her so that the family name will go on. But of course, Naomi has no other children. There are no brothers to her two sons. Naomi knows this is not going to happen. She's too old to bear one son, let alone two sons, for both of these women. And if she could, she knew that by the time those sons got to age, to where they would want to sire children, then Orpah and Ruth would be old. So she tells them to go back. Go back to the families of your mother. And may God show that. May God show you kindness and rest in your new husband's homes. Orpah kisses Naomi and leaves. She goes back. 
Ruth, Ruth clings to Naomi. Not only does she cling to her, she says, wherever you go, I'm going to go. Your God is going to be my God. Where you die, I'll die. So Naomi and Ruth returned to Bethlehem. We don't know what they returned to. We don't know their situation. The only thing that we know is that in order to eat, Ruth had to go out into the fields and we hear that word glean. Remember, the farmers had to leave portions of their fields untouched, usually the edges. And that anything that fell to the ground needed to be left there so that the poor and the sojourners, travelers, had a place to find a meal. Yes, they'd have to work for it. They'd have to go out. They'd have to gather and they'd have to thrash so that they could provide a meal for their family. And that's what Ruth does. She goes out and gleans into the field. And the field that she just happens, remember Pastor Scott talked about coincidence, that she just happens to find herself gleaning in was the field of Boaz. And it just so happened that Boaz had left the city and gone out to his field just to inspect and see what was going on. And they find themselves there at the same time. God's providence, not coincidence. Boaz takes notice of Ruth. Asks his men, who who is this person? Well, that's the Moabite lady that came back with Naomi. Boaz decides to care for her. He tells him, don't bother her. If she wants to glean, let her glean. If she wants to come right in amongst you as you gather, let her. Not only does he take care of takes care of her, he invites her to his table, feeds her roasted grain, and lets her dip the bread into the wine. And he tells her to stay in the field, stay in his field, stay with his young women as they glean and gather. At the end of the day, Ruth takes all that she had gathered and what she had left over from eating at the table of Boaz, and went back to Naomi. Naomi was astonished at Boaz's kindness. Tells Ruth that he is a relative of Elimelech, which makes him a kinsman redeemer, the whole Leverite marriage doctrine that they lived by. Relatives could assume the position of a brother that was supposed to marry a a, a husband 
if the husband had died, the brother was supposed to marry the woman. And a relative can assume that position if there's no brothers to fulfill it. Boaz was in that line. So Ruth continues to glean in the fields of Boaz for the rest of the wheat and barley harvest. So we're all caught up. You got it? See the setting. Ruth 3, 1 through 5. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you? Seek rest for you. Remember, that has to do with, with marriage, that, you may be well, that it may be well with you. Is not Boaz our relative, with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at, at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself. Put on your cloak and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. And he will tell you what to do. And she replied, All that you say, I will do. Rest in these verses again have reference to marriage. Chapter 1, 9, may the Lord grant you rest, each of you in the house of her husband. You're going to find rest when you're married. You're going to find rest in that household. We could spend the next hour, we could spend the next week or month talking about how to find rest within your marriage. Unfortunately, it's why so many marriages fall apart. Because we don't understand the rest to be found there. Security. Stability. Love. The raising of a family. It's a lot of work. But there's rest there to be found. And it's rest for the soul. But we can't spend that much time there today. We, have, we must move on. Naomi tells Ruth, get all gussied up. Go on down to the threshing floor. But wait until Boaz had finished his work. He's had his supper. He's laid down for the night. Then go and quietly lay at his feet. Ladies, you got a problem with that? Of course you do. Context to today's culture. What we need to remember is our culture is so removed from the culture of that day where this took place. We cannot lay our ways over their ways and expect the lines of life to line up and look the same. They just don't. The times are different. The whole Leverite marriage thing was in place. It's not today. We live in a different culture. Ruth responds to everything that Naomi tells her. All that you say, I will do. Obedience. Trust. She trusted Naomi. 
and what Naomi was telling her. So we have rest, trust, and obedience out of these first five verses. Verses six through nine. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as the mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went and lay down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over. You ever been startled in the middle of the night? To be startled and to find somebody laying at your feet. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman was laying at his feet. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. Her rightly Leverite redeemer. She proposed to him. Where else do you hear? In scripture, do you think? Spread your wings and your cloak over me. You are my redeemer. Matthew 23, 37. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as hens gather her brood under her wings? And you are not willing. As hens gather her brood under her wings. Ruth tells Boaz, spread your cover and your wings over me. For you are my redeemer. Trust, rest, obedience. And now redeemer. Verses 10 through 13. And he said, may you you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And know that it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I am. Than I remain tonight and in the morning. If he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. He calls her my daughter, a term of endearment, family. He tells her, do not fear. Do not fear, because I will do exactly as you have asked. I will protect you. But he says this, I want to do it the right way. There is another redeemer. There is another relative that is closer to you. that this proposal to redeem Ruth and Naomi's land must go through him first. 
It's a position of honor. To put somebody else before you. And that is what Boaz does. He offers Ruth and Naomi's land to another. But he tells Ruth that if he's not willing, I will certainly do it. So family, protector, and honor out of those verses. Verses 14 and 15. So she lay at his feet until morning. But arose before one could recognize another. And he said, let it be, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, bring the garment you were wearing and hold it out. So she held it. And he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city. He provided for her before she knew and he knew whether or not he would be the one to redeem her. It may be the closer relative that redeems her, but Boaz still provides with no conditions, no attachments. He just gives provision. So we have rest that has to do with marriage, trust, obedience, Redeemer, family, protector, honor, and provider. Our last three verses. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, How did you fare, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave to me. For he said to me, You must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, wait, my daughter, until you learn how this matter turns out. For the man will not rest, but will settle this matter today. Wait. Wait and see who's going to redeem you. Will it be this closer relative? Or will it be Boaz? Wait to see how the matter turns out. A common thread from the culture, from that culture to this, that we have to wait from time to time, don't we? We're all slaves to the clock of time. And often waiting is our enemy. So that's it. We're at the end of chapter 3. We're going to have to wait for Pastor Scott next week to finish this up. <laughs> but before we finish today, I want to make some parallel some parallel uh, pictures to our text today, to other texts that we might find, that we might see the picture of who this is really about. So we have rest, trust, obedience, redeemer, family, protector, honor, Provider, and that we must wait. Rest having to do with marriage. Revelations 19, 6 and 7. Then I heard what seemed to be, a vo to be a voice of great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God and Almighty reigns. Let his rejoice 
Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Just like Ruth made herself ready to go to the threshing floor. The church has made herself ready for the bride of Christ to return, for the groom of Christ to return. Brothers and sisters, are you finding your rest in the promise of Jesus' return? Trust. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in me. Believe in God, but believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? If it were not so, brothers and sisters, we can trust God's word. We have to trust God's word. We have to believe it. Obedience. Romans 1.4. And was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of the faith for the for the sake of his name among all nations. Including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Obedience of the faith for the sake of his name. Brothers and sisters, when we're obedient to God's word and his leading, it's for his name's sake. We are a witness to those that are around us that they might see Christ. Those first three words are for us. Then there is Redeemer. Boaz was a Redeemer. He was in the kinsman line of the Leverite doctrine. But Jesus Christ is our Galatians 3, but the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law to become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Jesus Christ is our redeemer. He is the only redeemer. Boaz calls Naomi daughter, family. John 3, 1, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are, family. Protector, 1 John 5, 18, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he, but he who was born of God, God protects him. And the evil one does not touch him. Honor. John 12, 25. Whoever loves his life will lose it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. 
Where I am, there my servant must, will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. If we follow Jesus, God honors us. Just as Boaz wanted to do it the right way. Brothers and sisters, we've got to have that same desire. We've got to want to do it the right way. There is a difference between right and wrong in this world. Provider. 1 Corinthians 10.13 No temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. He is our provider. In our last word, wait. Romans 8.23 Not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoptions of sons, the redemption of our bodies. In Jesus we find rest. We can trust Jesus. We must be obedient to Jesus. Jesus is our redeemer. Jesus makes us family. Jesus is our protector. Jesus is to be honored. Jesus is our provider. And we wait for the return of Jesus. These are direct parallels from the book of Ruth to the gospel. I pray that you can see this beautiful picture and that it's been beneficial for you this day. Let us pray. Just as God, just as God's word has sent into the world, to heal and to redeem. So God sends you into the world this day with the new names, love, healing, and hope. When we leave here, I pray that we'll be a light for the world. And may the grace and peace of God, the creator and redeemer and sustainer, be with you this week and remain with you all. May the voice of God be a little more audible for you this week and your ear attuned to the guidance and wisdom of the Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.